I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. It's Flames Nation Radio. It's Ryan. It's Shane. Hi, Shane. Hi. Uh, for those of you watching the video version of this, Shane has a spectacular shirt on. It's both Flames colors and Hawaiian colors, and it's got Blasty on it. So, I mean, it's a good, it's a fantastic shirt. As usual, we are brought to you by our friends at DoorDash and by Eau Claire Distillery, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames, your summer whiskey, your off-season whiskey, uh, and if you're a fan of the St. John Sea Dogs, your celebration whiskey, because uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. And guess what just happened? The St. John Sea Dogs, the hosts of the Memorial Cup, they won two out of three games in the group stage. Their only loss was a overtime loss to the Edmonton Oil Kings. They started off the tournament beating Hamilton and round Robin. They finished off the tournament beating Hamilton in the final. So the St. John Sea Dogs are your Memorial Cup champions. Uh, there is the last, more likely than not, the last uh, major junior game for two Flames prospects, uh, 2020 second round pick Jan Kuznetsov and 2020 third round pick Jeremy Poirier. Both those gentlemen have entry level contracts. Kuznetsov actually ran this year. He started the year off in the uh, the American right. Hockey League and then he moved to the St. John Sea Dog because, you know, they're, they're, the Sea Dogs are loading up for a Memorial Cup bid. They had gotten... Uh, Kuznetsov's uh, rights in the import draft last year with the thought maybe the Flames will free him up because, you know, the, the Flames had a pretty, you know, healthy, pretty, they had a healthy front team. In their American League team. Yeah. Let's let's be completely honest. I mean, you know, as much as we want to, you know, Johannes Schinval wasn't a great American League player, but Johannes Schinval was a fairly good pro in Sweden. And he, you know, the, the, it was I think worth, the, he was worth was, seeing what you had for the whole year. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, the, the flames had were about nine or 10 deep and useful American league players without Kuznetsov on the blue line. So they sent him to St. John. He got to play a ton. He got to play a ton with Poirier. They spent the majority of the year on a pairing together. And so now they're going to be coming to Calgary next year to at least play on the American league team. I, I don't think, I think it'd be, weird if they both play the nhl team right away given the the depth the flames have but yeah it's it's a it's kind of a cool thing i mean you know you can say what you will about you know do i think it's kind of weird sometimes that the memorial cup hosts get to play the tournament it's a little weird but i mean the saint john sea dogs the sea dogs were a really good team in the regular season they you know and let's be honest we've we've seen plenty of memorial cup hosts get trucked but seen, we haven't seen a Memorial Cup champion quite like what happened with the Sea Dogs, though. 
what they did during the end of when they got booted from the playoffs to now they so, fired their coach yeah so uh, essentially they their coach so so what happened for the sea dogs folks was they were a really good regular season team uh, mm-hmm. actually if you go to the athletic our friend scott wheeler did a really good uh, feature on just sort of how the team is built uh you know they went out uh, last year at the trade deadline they got ryan uh, ryan francis uh at the time of flames prospect uh they got Francis from Cape Breton. You know, they pl- it paid a pretty penny. Like they, they went out and they loaded up. They, loaded they, up. they yeah. you know, they, they were basically, they did what you'd expect uh, a Memorial Cup host to do to not be embarrassed. And unfortunately for the Sea Dogs, the embarrassment came in the first round uh, of the Quebec League playoffs, the President Cup playoffs. Uh, I mean, let's be completely honest. They, they got hit by injuries. They got hit by, I believe there was a flu bug going through the team. Um, and just they just weren't good. Like they 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 played against uh, I believe it was Gatineau in the first round. No Ramuski. They're playing Ramuski in the first round, and they lost in five games. It was a best of five series. They lost overtime in the fifth game. They were the second best team against you know not a bad Quebec League team, but not a great Quebec League team. If they if you play that if you play that series a hundred times, St. John probably wins ninety of them. But they just weren't very good so they you know uh, the 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 management and ownership of the sea dogs took a look at what happened talked about it for a week decided it was the the coaching staff that sort of underwhelmed and so they went out and they got uh gardner mcdougall just a fantastic name by the way gardner mcdougall but gardner mcdougall uh has been if you're not familiar with u sports hockey formerly i think it's what aus hockey out east Uh, yeah gardner mcdougall coaches the uh the, the University of New Brunswick Reds. Uh, he has been the coach there for the better part of two decades. And so they they gave Gord Dwyer and his coaching staff the boot. They said, hey, Gardner McDougal and Rocky Thompson, uh, can you come and help us win a Memorial Cup? Gardner McDougal said, okay, but I'm going back to my other job when I'm done. And they said, all right, sir. And so Gardner McDougal's entire Quebec League, uh, entire major junior coaching in right now will consist of winning three a Memorial and, Cup and then going back one to rec- UNB. A so, three and one record with a Memorial Cup. That's his three, coaching record. Three, three, oh, and one. Cause they're yeah, the lost yeah, overtime. overtime. Yeah. So, so three, oh, and one. So, you know, it's, uh, it, they, they, you know, they, they had 30 some days uh, of idle time. The other teams were all playoff tested and playoff ready. And to an extent, yeah, playoff beaten up, but, you know, give, give uh, the credit where credit's due. St. John went and they, you know, they won three out of four. They, in the game they lost to Edmonton, they played the hell out of Edmonton. It was a hell of a hockey game. I, I thought Edmonton was going to win the Memorial Cup, like pre before anything started. Well, we, I we, if we, you we, said Edmonton wasn't even in the final. I'd we'll, like, no. we'll get into this uh, later on, but I mean, we, you know, I watched a bunch of the, the Oil Kings uh, in the mm-hmm. final round because Lucas Siona played for the Seattle T-Birds and the T-Birds played them in the final. And Edmonton is a truck. Like they, they were built from oil yeah. cup. They got, they got pro cop. They, you know, they got Cooley. Gunther. They got, they, they loaded up. They had a really good team Gunther. They load up and then they just, they were fourth. Like they just, they didn't even make the, they didn't even make the semis. So I mean, it's, yeah. like we they were really- the worst. They were the worst. And I had them. I was like, they had Sebastian Cosa in net. Like first round pick of the Red Wings, they had Dunther, who's going to play they, for the Coyotes have, next. Year. They have NHL players up and down the roster, yeah. and even even the the WHL, do, yeah. even the WHL lifers they have on their team 
are very good players. Like we'll, at, at a certain point in the off season, maybe we'll do a thing on uh, the podcast about the 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 WHL uh, curse that Memorial Cup because they've the dub just hasn't fared great at the Memorial Cup. Hopefully uh that does that goes away next year when the Kamloops Blazers host but we just wanted to open up the the show with some you know a, a nice tip of the hat I mean you know the 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 Sea Dogs had a good season that ended really poorly and then they made adjustments and they made sure their season on the right note and it's just kind of fun it's kind of cool to see a couple of Flames prospects and their major junior career on a high note it reminds me of what uh, Sutter got asked early in the year. They said about the young players, what's going on. He says, guys that are 19 and 20 are going back to junior and they're going to try and win championships. He said that. And two Flames prospects now have gone through a ringer and they've won a Memorial Cup championship. So uh, they, and they faced the loss. They uh, adjusted. They didn't play any game action for a month and they came back and they were killer. So fantastic. Yeah. And if, if we want to extend Daryl's Daryl's uh, pr- process to the AHL team, the, the, the now dearly departed stock and heat, uh, the, the WHL or the American league champions this year were the, uh, they believe Chicago. they were the Chicago wolves who mm-hmm. the, the, the heat lost to in this, in the third round. They so were the beast. only team. So the, the, in the regular season, the top two teams in the regular season uh, were the wolves and the heat. And so the Heat, the only team they lost to in the playoffs was the team that won the championship. You, and they, I were, think, they took them the farthest too, didn't they? Yeah, you can. Yeah, t- they're I think, the only I think team to find, find wins against them. Like find two wins against them. I think it was. And they and they battled. They battled back. They could have. They could have lost in five. They lost in six. They made them work for it. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, kind of fun. Great and, overtime wins. That was nice. Nice little run. If you're if you're if you're a fan like us of watching the American League, teams. you just you just like to see fun right. things happen. But yeah, so. Uh, that's a nice transition to the draft. So uh, as you folks know, we both love the draft very much uh, in, in the before times and hopefully in the future times, we spent way too much time at ranks, uh, you know, watching, uh, watching major junior, uh, our, our, our friend uh-huh. Shane is based in Lethbridge most of the time. So he gets to see the Canes and a lot of WHL teams. I am based in Calgary. I, see I watch, I, I watch Connor Bedard religiously, by the way. Oh, you should. He's I mean, in town. He, I like, have, if it, folks even if you're not like if you're not a big fan of a particular major junior team you just like hockey in general just watch Connor Bajar. that's just some free advice uh, Regina comes to town find a way to get into the building because it's worth it's worth the hassle of getting out of the house and putting on pants uh, but for for the Calgary Flames they have you know typically what we do with the site is we do with a, a series we call first round targets where as you would expect from the title, we look at the targets in the first round. So it's a little bit more challenging this year because the Flames don't pick not just till the second round, but to close to the end of the second round. The way the way that uh, for for those of you who want to get really inside baseball here, so the way the the, the draft order is set up is uh, it essentially works backwards. So the the Stanley Cup winner gets. 32nd overall, Stanley Cup loser, 31. The two conference finalists get 30 and 29 based on regular season, you know, whoever had the better regular season record. And then they then they stack up the division winners who don't fall into one of those categories in reverse order. That's where the Flames fit. So the Flames are drafting very close to the end of every round, uh, and they only have their own picks, and they only have three picks, and they draft in the second, fifth, and seventh rounds. So hoping for a big one at 55. 59. 59th 59, overall. Yeah. 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 So 50, 59th overall is where the Flames select. And so what we what we typically do for first round targets is uh, we look at the major rankings. Uh, we usually wait, you know, we you know, so there's usually some players you know are going to fall in a certain area. So you can sort of, you know, write those prospects early. 
as we've done on the site to begin with. Uh, but there's some that sort of depend on ranking. So what we did was we looked at, you know, as because we're who we are, we built a spreadsheet. So what we did is we looked at all the rankings that tip that captured uh, typically most rank most final rankings are top hundreds or top 120. So you capture the first two, three, three and a half rounds. So uh, we looked at, uh, I believe was two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different rankings. So the rankings we looked at were uh, FC Hockey, Dauber Prospects, uh, TSN's Bob McKenzie, uh, Scott Wheeler from The Athletic, Corey Proman from The Athletic, Ryan Kennedy from Hockey, or Hockey News, uh, Chris Peters from Daily Faceoff, and uh, Smot Scouting, S-M-A-H-T, Smot, it's a, run, it's by a, run by a gentleman named Josh Tesla. Yeah. Good guy. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we figured, you know, typically, you know, when, when the actual draft is compiled, it's not like there's one list, like there's one list of who got picked, but the, the, who gets picked list is a process of 32 different lists from the teams. So we basically a snapshot of eight lists, which provide, you know, it might not be completely precise, but it's eight different opinions about where, what players should go in what order. And hopefully it provides this approximation. Uh, and then based on based on the order in which players are listed, we just sort of assign them points. And then we basically build a consensus ranking uh, for where we expect players to go, more or less. So uh, the consensus number one pick uh, is Shane Wright. He, he, he slightly edges out Logan Cooley. Uh, and uh, Juraj Slavkovsky is right there. It's basically, you know, it's uh, right it's as like one. The and then Cooley and Slavkovsky is two, 2A and 2B. But it's very close. Uh, then uh, Simon Nemich and David Urasek at uh, four slash five. Again, very, very close. And so on and so on. So the Flames aren't going to get Shane Ryan. <laughs> they just, no. they're just, they don't have that pick. Uh, so the Flame, we, what we do, what we just decide to do is we looked at, the Flames are drafting at 59, so we decided uh, we're going to look at guys uh, ranked 49th to about about 66, 67th. Uh, you know, guys are sort of in that in that range, and we essentially just want to talk about some of the guys that the Flames should be getting. So, um, the way we'll do this, Shane, is I'll I'll name a player. Uh, I'll say player position and their their primary team in uh, in 21 22 and then we'll have a chat about the player and you know granted these are guys that we haven't seen much of you know we've done a bit of video and a few of them uh you know a couple of these players i've seen several games of because of where they play uh and and the playoffs i've had to watch uh but you know a lot of these guys are sort of mysteries to us to a certain extent uh so we'll build a book on them as we go along so the first player is uh from the quebec league's drummondville voltageurs uh, Maverick Lamaru, he's a, a 6'7", 198-pound right-shot defenseman. Everything I just said makes him sound pretty flamesy. Um, you know, the Flames don't have a lot of D in their system. Uh, once, uh, as we expect, uh, young Connor Mackey to graduate to the NHL very, very soon, they really don't have a lot in the cupboards. Uh, they have, you know, the, the St. John boys that we discussed, but they're projects. They're, they're not going to be ready right away. And to be honest, once Kuznetsov and uh, and Poirier graduate today, they they really don't have a lot of really exciting junior prospects at the blue line. So no. I can see, you know, this will be a common theme as we get through here. But we're going to be, you know, I I would think that the Flames probably would prioritize defensemen over anything else. But what do you what do you well, think? What do you think of Lamaru? 
I I love Lamro. <laughs> you know, he's not the kind of guy that you draft for putting up running your power play. He like like Pike said, he's six foot seven. But the difference is he's a six foot seven defenseman that is mobile. The guy can skate, guy can get around very seamlessly for his size, uh, makes it more effective with his stick. Uh it, it just just he's, he's very interesting to me. Uh I, I don't believe he's gonna fall this far. Size and mobility like that or someone from some organization is going to say you better take him early because, because you want him in your system. You want, if he pans out, he is a defense coach's dream for yeah, a shutdown pair. He's, so, he's not Oliver Shillington. He's the guy you play with Oliver Shillington. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like good Branson style. Like, like we're not, we're not talking a, a ter- like a shutdown guy. Like, be- best case scenario. He turns into a, uh, what's his name? Hal Gill shut down guy that can play a long time. Like that's a best case scenario. Um, Lamro's got a lot more mobility uh, and whatnot, but, but he like, obviously lots of work to do. You have to teach him where to be and, and, and he's got to adjust to the massive speed that the NHL has. You defenders need to see things coming from the left and the right and the middle and work with their partner to adjust. So definitely work to do there. Not, not anything that's going to happen right away very interesting to me i love i love him uh i would take him if he was there just because he's a he's a unicorn in terms of size and skating abilities i agree with you he's he's a 49th in the consensus ranking right now uh i don't think he's gonna fall i agree with you he seems he seems like the type of play you know there's plenty of nhl teams that have multiple picks before the flames draft some a bunch have two some have three yeah he's yeah he seems like the type of guy where if you have a first round you take a swing on the offensive guy like if you if If you're montreal yeah if you look at what the if you look at what the flames did in i'd say the 21 draft for example or the 2020 draft uh you know do you take jake boltman if you don't get you know connor zari earlier or do you don't get you know uh poyer and yang chris netsap earlier probably not but the fact is you have a lot of picks and if you have a lot of picks you can do a lot of things with them so uh lamaru is 49 50 is a play is a player that our uh, our flame station colleague uh, Mike Gould is very familiar with Rieger Lorenz of the Okotoks Orders of the AJ. Got uh, to a lot of them, yeah. He's a center. He's 6'2", 194. Uh, the, the big knock on Junior A is always questions about, yeah, they got good numbers, but what kind of quality player were they playing against? And that's never going to go away. And let's also, I think if you're going to counter that is, okay, it, did, did Rieger Lorenz play with, play against the best players in Major Junior? No. Did he play with the best players in Major Junior? No. So you can only play with and against the guys on your team and the guys you play that you're playing against. And Rieger Lorenz was one of the better players at his age and just overall in the AJ. And you know the the you build up the middle, you build you know you draft a good goalie or two, you draft some good defensemen, and you build up through centers. And then you can always teach you can always get a center to play wing. Uh, you can't teach wingers to play center very well. It's a lot tougher the other way around. And so I think regular ends, I, I think he's a bit more, I think of a home run swing. Like he's sort of a, you know, he's high risk. He's not, he's, I think he's more of a high risk guy than I, some of the other guys, but like, I like him. I, ju- I just said, I think Lamoureux doesn't fall or he goes higher. I think regular ends goes lower just, and it literally just comes down to the league he played. Like, yeah, the Con Smythe winner just came from the AHL, but Kale McCars don't grow on trees. Okay. Like they are the absolute exception to the rule. 
Rieger Lorenz is a guy that you, you know, he doesn't project his numbers in the league and everything he plays and doesn't project to be anything super special. And those are the kind of guys that tend to fall because you'd rather take a risk on someone maybe more familiar or someone that's seen a higher level of competition at their current age. Yeah. He's a guy like I got nothing against him. Absolutely. He's definitely going to get drafted. I don't think he falls out of the third round, but I just don't, I just don't see him being a guy that goes in the second it just yeah. and, and it really and just comes if, down to the league he plays. if if we're gonna if we're gonna play devil's advocate i mean if you have three picks and you're you have one pick in the top 150 you yes. want to hit on him and the the flames they they've made one uh junior a selection under brad for living and it was brandon hickey and brandon hickey I, I think he's playing the ahl right now but i mean yes. brandon hickey just didn't project out the way he was a, you know, they didn't, he didn't project, project out the way he or Arizona who, who traded for him later on, hoped he would. And, and he was a third round pick. He was a third rounder. Yeah. So. so he was, you know, decent player. Good. You know, he played, he was a decent college player, but he never really progressed beyond decent. And, you know, that's more about that player than about the league. But if I can understand maybe the thing is being a bit gun shy about going to a league where they haven't had success drafting versus some of the other guys we won't get uh, 51 on our list. Uh, is another defenseman, right shot defenseman Elias Salomonsson from uh, Sweden. He played this season in Skellefte, uh, split between the J20 Nationale and the SHL. So he played pro hockey as a teenager and as a young teenager. Uh, he is 6'1, 183. Uh, in Sweden, they bounce you around a lot if you're uh, a good draft eligible player. So it's not uncommon for 16, 17, 18 year olds to sort of bounce around. Uh, he played a bit of international hockey this year. He was up with the, the big club or Skellefte. He uh, was down with the junior team. He sort of bounced around. But he, you know, the, the, this, the thought process was real good junior player, solid pro. It, when you're a pro in that league, in this league, and, you know, we're going to, this will be sort of a common thing. But if you're, if you're a pro in, in, in a teenager, you sort of, you know, your third, fourth pairing guys, like they, you know, you're maybe the seventh D they, typically they they dress seven you know 13 forwards or seven defensemen or sometimes both and so you might not not be used a bit but Salomonson played a decent amount and by all accounts he made a really good accounting of himself and you know he's he's the first of a, a few uh, European as in non-Russian European that's a clue non-Russian European defensemen on this list and I think you know I can by all accounts he might be the best one but all four of them are good. I, I, I like, you know, he, yeah. he, he feels kind of flamesy, like kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, he's younger too. His August he's, 31st birthday, which is, <laughs> well, that, that matters. They're, he's they're 17. He's yeah, 17 when he's drafted. You're behind in development. And that's not a insult. The behind thing. It just means it's, he's got more runway. He's had less time to learn. And he um, played, he played an entire, you know, half a year of pro hockey as a 17 year old. Yeah. So like, this is a pick. I really like this screams. Uh, now Oliver Shillington during his draft year was ranked at times in the first round. Uh, Salomonson's not unf- unfamiliar start the thing. A lot of public people start the year. We're like, Oh, this is a guy that could go in the first round. Right. As everything settles in uh, who's who had him highest here. Someone had him 39, 38 smart scouting on 38. Uh, who had him 39th there. That was Scott Wheeler. Scott Wheeler, really high on him as well. Uh, Ryan Kennedy has him 30th. Actually, no, it's Lamru. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was a 39. There was a smart scout. And, he had but, him but the lowest he was was 53 as well. So he's a very reliable player. If he happens to fall, it's because guys are 
taking risks on forwards. Uh, that, that, that's a huge thing when you're, when you need D and you're in the second round and, and that's what you're looking for. Other guys like to take big swings on forwards in the first 60 picks because you're more likely to find success. There's also more room. Uh, it's just, there's 12 forwards on a team to 60. Like, like it, it, you need more forwards than you do defense. So people tend to do that with their high picks. That's the reason that he could possibly fall. Uh, I really like him. He, like, like Pike said, he bounced around. So his numbers don't project uh, as good as they should because he played half a year here, half a year there. Uh, full solid season in a pro league. Uh, he, best part about people from the Swedish or the, or the Nordic regions, they can stay there longer and cook longer. You know, you're not, your contracts aren't, on a time frame, the same time frame as North American players. So, yeah, and, and there's the new thing with the the, the new transfer agreements where yeah. I think the players in the first couple of rounds they have the option of, of coming back even if they get signed. Like it's there's a lot of weird yeah. wrinkles there, but yeah, he's he's a very you know very solid defenseman. Played in two good leagues, the Swedish the Swedish uh, Junior League, the J20 National. Let's see if if we're gonna we're gonna we're, let's piss off the hockey community a bit. So Canadian Major Junior, we'll just show our colors here. Canadian Major Junior is the best uh, level of hockey for an under-20 player in the world. Uh, I would say the second best is the USHL, and it, the gap is closing very quickly. Uh, I would say probably of the European Junior Leagues, I would say the Swedish Junior League is tops, followed by Finland. Russia's catching up. Uh, Czech Republic League is pretty good. Yeah, and a lot, a lot you'll notice a lot of, uh, a lot of players yeah, yeah, from the surrounding region. Uh, a lot of the players in the surrounding region sort of go to Czechia to play in the Czech leagues. Czechia is the short form of the country. As in when we say Czech, something's uh, like say the official name of Canada is the dominion of Canada. Uh, but we call it Canada for short because dominion of Canada is very mm. clunky and awkward. So instead the, the Czech uh, hockey association has asked that instead of referring to them as the Czech Republic, which is still their official long form name, much like Slovakia is the Slovak Republic officially. So the Slovak Republic is referred to as, uh, you know, Slovakia. And so the Czech Republic is referred to as Czechia. And so there's a Slovak league for Slovakian players from the Slovak Republic and the Czech league for the Czechia, uh, Czech players from Czechia of the Czech Republic. Yeah. Geography is fun. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, th I think, you know, if you're playing, you know, there's, you know, if you play a lot in, and play well in the, uh, the J20, that's a good league. And so if you can play in the SHL regularly outside of the KHL, I don't think there's a better European league in the world. And even like, honestly, the, the, it depends what conference of the KHL you're in too. Uh, yes. So, yes. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of the Swedish elite league. Uh, and if a player can, if a player can and has the opportunity to go develop there, fantastic. You should. Uh, I love when players use unorthodox paths to get to the NHL. Like when Austin Matthews went and played for Zurich, fantastic. Loved it. Uh, I, when players have a handle on who they play and what, who they should play against and what level of competition they need to play. I love that. It makes it better. And I think more players should exercise their right to play wherever they want to help further their own development. But, uh, there are transfer agreements that get in the way. So there's nothing we can do about that. And, <laughs> and, and important uh, rules too. You think, you yeah. know, they, uh, I think the challenge with a lot of these leagues is they want to make sure that their, uh, their domestic players get a chance to play. Well, they want to uh, grow Canadian leagues want to grow Canadian players. And, and I don't of, disrespect that. Speaking of let's go to number 52 on our consensus list. 52 is the son of Matt Lindgren. Matt Lindgren. Lindgren. Matt Lindgren is sort of a unicorn is uh, his, he was born in BC when his dad was playing in, in Canada. So he, because of his Nash, because of the nationality, his parents, 
he has Swedish citizenship, but because he was born in Canada, when his family is living in Canada, he has Canadian citizenship. So Matt Slangren played this year with the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, I believe he's considered a domestic player, even, you know, because he lives here. So he's played rules. Yeah, he's played a couple, not even bending rules. Like he's a, you know, he's considered a domestic player. He's got a Canadian passport. He's not bending the rules. He was born in Canada. He yeah. was born in Canada. So but yeah, Nylander though. Like, like you say, like they get to choose, right? Yeah, so. but you know, like he was born in Canada, then grew up in Canada, so he's Canadian. Yeah, uh, but he also has has uh, Swedish roots. Yeah, Matt Lindgren, you know, uh, our friend uh, uh, Colton Davies did a uh, a bio of him on the site. Uh, he, I I like Matt Lindgren. He's you know he's he feels like a really solid second rounder. He is a left shot defenseman, six foot one seventy five. He'll be playing in the, in the Memorial Cup next year because his team is hosting and he's played it like a year and a half, you know, two years. He basically, you know, he's played for Cantaloupe's since he's been able to play he's for Cantaloupe's last been year. A while. Last year, the, the dub did a, a shortened season because of the pandemic of it all. But uh, he was he was decent last year. He was pretty good this year. Uh, moves well, skates well, moves the puck well. Uh, you know, I, I think the challenge uh, with him is offensive like... Offensive guy, yeah. I think the challenge with him is I don't know if he's great at anything, but he's, he's there's no holes in his game. He's he's a rock solid player. You can make an argument that there's more exciting players to be had in this draft. But if you're if you're the Flames, I mean, in twenty what twenty twenty they went and they got uh, Connor Zary, Connor Zary from the Candles Blazers, real solid hand. Uh, they've had a lot of success drafting for the Dub, uh, dating back to as long as there's been a Calgary Flames. Uh, and especially under the, under this GM. So, I mean, I, I could, if, if you told me, Hey, the Flames are getting Max Lindgren, I would say that feels about right. Yeah. I, I, I got nothing bad about Lindgren. Uh, I, I think he's going to develop well. He's going to get opportunities to play on high end team. Like he's going to get invited to camps and development camps. And I, 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 that matters to me for, if you're going to draft in the top 60, I want to see guys that long-term uh, going forward are going to play for their national teams or have chances to play for their national teams, which uh, is big for later when we talk about the Russians. Um, but, but he, as Canadian or Swedish, he could really technically, if he wants play for either one, if he can't make team Canada, he easily could most try to stay. In- yeah. You, I think, I think the challenge, the way the rule is written is that basically it's uh, as soon as you start playing for one, you can't switch or you can, you, if you switch, you have to have a really damn good reason. So has he played anywhere? Now I'm curious. Uh, I'll have to check. I'll have to check. Uh, I could check his uh, profile here. He has he he has not played for Canada in a double IHF event, so he has so not he, picked his side yet. He could pick later, and it could be dependent on. Um, it could be completely dependent on what what who's what's available at the time. You know, which team can he make? Like, if you think you can make the Canadian one, then absolutely you should. But. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, some of the guys we talked about, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Solomon son, you know, we just mentioned he's going to be a guy who plays internationally. He has played internationally for Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, that's always a factor. We'll get into some of those guys later. Uh, number, where are we at? 53, 54, 53, uh, an American Adam Ingram who played for the Youngstown Phantoms, just a fantastic name. Youngstown Phantoms of the U S hockey league uh he is a left shot left wing 6'2 174 good numbers in the ushl he's you know he's too bad he's in a center if he was a center i'd be really excited about him but for uh, an yeah. offensive minded winger he's good he's you know he's he's i would say he's the matt slingren 
of American center or American uh, American wingers. I mean, if you told again, you told if you said the, the Flames have had success going to the UHL in recent years. Hello, Matt Coronado. Uh, you know, Ingram. He's fine. Ingram's he's guy, pretty good. Ingram's a guy that got his D one season kind of wiped out. There's a few guys that are going to be lower that if they'd had had an opportunity to build on a D one season, like D minus one is the pre-draft year so not the year you get drafted do is considered draft year d1 d2 d3 it goes up afterwards for folks listening uh so his d d d1 preseason uh he got wiped out it's covid covid took it it's uh it's, it's way it goes for some of these prospects really solid showing this year though uh during his draft year uh he's a bit older october birthday 2003 birthday so he, he's been around for a while Would more physically mature but, yeah, 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 those those kind of guys. He's not an not an overager, but close to like 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 few months. And I or is it, when is the cutoff? When's the exact uh, the fifteenth? So he's about six weeks away from being at the cutoff. Yeah, so he's but, you know, he's he he you know he's yeah. he's one of the older guys, and he's a bit more physically mature, and he played well against a good a bunch of good players in a good not, league. Not the guy I'd take at the Flames pick. Like I like you said, if he's a center, yeah, it's actually something maybe something there worth working on. But, you know, uh, again, I, we talked about last pod. I want to go big swing. I want high potential, high ceiling uh, with the 55th pick. You can go safer, take some older guys with the last two if you want. I just, uh, eh, just not the kind of, like, just my not cup, not my cup of tea personally. Uh, good player, uh, needs to develop, uh, definitely needs to learn how to use his size uh, once he fills out and could be, could be go, good going forward. Needs the right development team. Needs the right development team. Okay. Another Swede, another defenseman. At uh, number 54 on this list, one of the guys I, I, I really started liking more and more the more I've read and, and watched him uh, in terms of video and stuff, Simon Forsmark. Uh, Simon Forsmark is a left-shot defenseman playing uh, in Sweden. He split this year between uh, Oribro, Oribro uh, their, Swede, their Swedish Hockey League team, and their J20 team. 6'2", 194. You know, he's... He's got some size. He he's got the kind of frame that can fill out because he's got he's six two. He probably ends up when he finishes, you know, filling out a bit around two two oh five. So he won't be a small dude. He's he won't be so big that it hinders his his mobility. Played as a teenager in a really good league. Played on a teenager in a good team. You know, and the cool thing is like he's he grew up just down the road from a rebro. He you know came up through their farm system. He's you know, he's a guy who's been, you know, we've said this about a lot of these guys, especially the Europeans, you know, played against players two, three, four years older than him pretty much the entire time since he was like yeah. 12. And he's played really well. So, I mean, you know, again, if, if we're nitpicking, I wish he was a right shot. If he was a right shot with the, with the profile he has, he'd be a slam dunk. And as it stands, he might not be a slam dunk by my definition, but he's a, you know, damn fine hockey player. There is something about offensive Swedish defensemen that tend to work at the NHL level. Simon Forsmark is a very interesting person to me, interesting target. Uh, again, a bit older, but in this case versus Ingram, being older on defense, uh, I like that. <laughs> I don't like being older up front, but on the back end, absolutely. Uh, another 2003 birthday. But was he, he, also, he was uh, October, November, I think? Uh, October 17th. Almost identical to Ingram, but uh, kickers, he's been playing 
internationally for Sweden since he was 15. He played the U- at 15. He played on the U16 team at 16, U17, 17, like, and vice versa. He's an international player. He always makes their teams. He's going to be playing against top level competition going forward. Lots of opportunity to work with high end coaches, high end talent, high end skill developers, and as well. Really projects to be offensive. I would love to get a bit more viewing of him in the defensive zone. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't have as much. I'd like to see how his gap control is and his positioning. But offensively, in the offensive zone, he's gifted at finding passing lanes. And uh, for, for a player of his stature, being able to score, uh, sneak in from the point and get some get some goals every now and then is fantastic. So uh, I, we can add as many Swedes to the Flames as we want, Pike. I won't complain. All right, we have an interesting one coming up at uh, next in the list. So uh, we've talked about various Europeans. There's another one at 55, and this one's a little bit interesting. Um, Matthias Sapovaliv, I believe that's his name. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounced it. He's he's a Czech player. He's a left shot, left wing, uh, 6'3", 183, played the past season as an import with the OHL Saginaw Spirit. Here's the cool thing. So he is from Kladno in Czechia. And he played uh, the, the season before this one. He played uh, a handful of games for Kladno. With Flames uh, legend. With Yarmir Yager, the team that Yarmir Yager owns. So Yarmir Yager. A guy who, you know, he's not particularly, he, he's played second league pro in, uh, in Czechia and played, you know, the second Czech league in, in, is pretty good. Uh, Yarmir Yager does not have a crappy team. No. He's one of the better players in this team because he's just, he's just a unicorn. But yeah, the Sapa Valley, you know, got to got it, got it. He played, you know, as a standout in Czech Junior, you know, growing up, uh, was good enough to play pro. And then after played a bit of pro, uh, he decided he wanted a bit of a challenge. So he got he's over and had a, a really nice rookie season in uh, the Ontario Hockey League. And so, I mean, again, the the Flames, you know, here's the case in point. Uh, Adam Rzichka, uh, a Slovak who came up from the same, you know, the same general area, same similar situation. He was, uh, you know, he was, you know, Rzichka is a center, but Rzichka played a lot of domestic hockey, uh, felt he, that he needed a challenge, came over as an import and played with Sarnia, had a really good season uh, in his draft year and got drafted by the Flames. And so, some believe he's a guy who might have a lot of upper potential because you know typically a lot of a lot of hockey teams you know like say you know if if the, the reason i think the ideal for for scouts is you get to see one player play in the western league or the ohl or, or the quebec league or the ushl for a couple seasons you get a seven you get a 16 or a 16 year old season and a 17 year old season then you draft them because then you can say at 16 he was here, at 17 he was here, and then you can make some inferences about how their development's going to go. Whereas with the with someone like Sapo Valiv, someone like Ruzichka, we've seen this with a bunch of guys uh, who came over as imports. If you only get one year of play in that level before you get drafted, you get this, but you don't know where they're projecting, where they're you know moving from or to. So it's a little bit tougher. And so you know we've we've seen sort of a trend that first first year imports either draft eligible year tend to go later than their production suggests they should, which means if you're the Flames, there's a chance that someone as valuable potentially offensively as Sapo Valiv could fall to you at 59. And I think that's kind of an exciting proposition. He's, he falls in the same uh, Rieger-Lorenz category as me as a guy. He like just 
the, the pre the COVID year in Czechia wasn't, there wasn't a lot of games. There wasn't tons. He didn't get to play a lot. Then he come over in a very good 18 year old season in Saginaw. And now the kicker here is he's definitely going to get drafted by somebody should be in the top 100, uh, whether that's Calgary or not remains to be seen. You really want to see him progress next year. You want to see him get to a 30 goal over point per game guy, especially when you're 19 and there's other 17, you're playing against some 16, 17 year olds. You want to see that progression. Um, It is worth the risk. It is worth putting the time in, giving him a rookie camp, giving him professional guidance. So that's not something I'd scoff at. Okay. Numbers aren't great, but it's again, that's a COVID thing. Here's a question for you. So the Flames, I would say, if you look at the Flames, and if you're trying to, you know, if you're if you're at the table and you have a scout who's really summoned for somebody, I could see them listening to their OHL guys because, you know, if you look at it, like the OHL guys recommended Jack Beck, who did not play at all uh, during the COVID year, and he became, you know, when he was healthy, one of the better players, not only on his team but his entire league. Uh, they they got Karen. Rory Karens. They got you know they've seen how you know, some other guys. Anderson. Yeah, they've seen Manjapani. So I, I would say I would say like what well it might be difficult for them to figure out exactly Sapa Valiv how where he fits in. I think you can sort of say like especially you know they they saw Rory Karens all year. They saw Jack Beck all year, and I think from a scouting perspective, maybe you can sort of see the markers that showed the progress that those two guys, especially Beck and, and Karen's were making the progress they were making and go, Hey, here's sort of where, you know, Rory was at this, this time. Here's where Jack was at this time. Here's where Sapa Valiv is. And then sort of makes members there. It's, it's ideally you have apples, to apples comparison with the same player, the same situations. They don't have that. So you have to do the best you can. I would think that, you know, the success they had with the O players might make them, you know, might, you know, it's like the same reason why they, you know, they, they've habitually gone back to the dub and Sweden, the three, the three main places the Flames have gotten really good players historically, Sweden, the O, and the Dub, because they kind of know what success and progress looks like at those levels. So I don't know. I, I could I could see them taking them. I, I would love for them to take risks on some high-end Russian players, which they haven't done in a long, long time. I would love that. I would love for them to use a high pick on a skilled Russian we're a few. We're a few selections away from discussing the Russia of it all. I'll get to that later. We'll but get to I, that. I, I, here's my kicker. I don't have another counter to what you said, Mike. I agree completely. You should. The benefit of. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The doubt based on the scouting and the projection of the prospects right now should 100% be in the vault, the OHL's court. The next behind that, uh, I would put dub. And then behind that, I would put Q. Because they're really only the Q player. There's a couple Q players they like, but the one oh, it's Pelche. But they've gotten Zari. They got Wolf out of the Western Hockey League. I always we can't forget that they snagged him very very late. And but but you're right. The actual skater players they've been hitting a lot of low end pros or not low end low pick prospects out of the OHL. So if you got one pick that you got to make a hit on, which pretty much they do barring any kind of movement or player trades. We're not going to talk about that today, uh, but I agree. OHL's guys, the guys who default to. Okay. You, you alluded to this, so we'll get into this. The Q uh, at 50, 56. I'm losing track of our numbers. 56. Um, 56. At 56, right shot defenseman Noah Warren from the Gatineau Olympique. 6'5", 225. He feels kind of Maverick Lamaruey. Not as good of a skater. Yeah. He's like, like Lamoureux has that extra mobility, and especially a defenseman that size being able to move laterally is huge and being able to cut off skating lanes. I don't like Noah Warren in that sense, personally. That's just a personal opinion. He's definitely going to go some point, but some scouts again, he, point, he some he, scouts left him off their list. Like he he's feels only like the type of guy. Eight. He feels like the type of guy again, like Lamru, a team with multiple picks. You draft a skill, you draft a couple skill forwards, and then you go big beefy D man from the queue. Because yeah, like yeah. he, I you can he's like he feels like he'd be a safety blanket for some organization where you know he's you know is there is he gonna? I, I think his physical tools will give him a chance mm-hmm. more but. so than a lot of other guys. I also think to a certain extent maybe his physical tools limit him. Because when you're 6'5", 225 as a 17, 18-year-old, maybe your mobility is not quite as good. I mean, it's just – that's just, you're not going to be great at everything. I, I just don't see – like, from a Flames perspective, like, I agree. I agree with you. Someone's going to take a flyer on him, especially someone like Arizona, who has how many first-round top picks in the top 60? Like, 12? I don't know. It's, a, it's an insane amount that we've never seen before. Um they like they're perfect to take a flyer like that. If you can develop a guy like that, it's a no-brainer, especially when you've gotten eight skilled forwards ahead of him. Like I'm with you. From a Flames perspective, I don't see him doing it. I, I don't. If they do, cool. You want to develop him. You want the big defensive defenseman. It doesn't always work out when you take high picks. When you, if you if you historically look back at some of these big defensive defensemen that gone super high, I I, I, I have two words for you, sir. Keegan Kanzig. Uh, how about Dylan Mickelrath or even Luke Shen at fifth overall, he turned into a third pairing guy, like, like these defensive defensemen that they go super high because they're big. Don't always, they typically tend to not pan out more than they do pan out. So I don't like taking them super high. I love taking the path to success for the big and beefy is a little bit narrower because you have to be able to skate. You have to be able to skate if you're that size because you need to use your size effectively. Yeah. I want to, with one pick in the first 100, I don't want the Flames to take Noah Warren. No offense to Noah Warren, just my opinion. No my one's going to take Noah Warren and really like him. 
uh, he ranges folks on the consensus list and the various uh, the constituent lists. He ranges from as high as 36 to as low as not on the list. He is only on four of the eight. Uh, his rankings on the four he is on 36, 41, 44, 62. And then four other lists don't have him in their top 64 at all. That says something. Like, you know, there's some folks really like him and some folks are like, yeah, maybe later. Uh, 60 or 57 is uh, we're going back to Europe. This time it's a forward from like this guy. Slovakia. Like uh, this guy. Adam Sakura. He played uh, in the Tip Sport Liga uh, with HK Nitra. He's 5'11, 174, left shot winger. Yeah, he played, you know, the Tip Sport Liga is a pretty good league. Um, is it, it's, you know, it's, it's up and coming. It's, you know, let's be, if all due respect to Slovak pro hockey, but if you're a good to very good youngster, you probably get lured away to a more prominent program, but for, for Slovak hockey, you know, it's good. And Adam Sakura was a good player in a pretty good league. This batch of Slovakian kids is fantastic. You want to see someone develop you want them to be playing and training with peers that are also training at a high level the slovaks this year are unreal this kid has grown up playing against uri slavkovsky simon nemec this this kid and and like he's played in the czechia league or is it czechia league slovakian league for yeah. two straight years the tip sport liga yeah, put up great numbers. He, he, in terms of hockey prospecting in NHLE, his top three comparisons are Magnus Piarvi, who went seventh overall in his draft year, Joel Armia, and Kirill Kaprizov. So all over the board in terms of actual NHL success. There's some value there, though. There, oh, yeah, there could be. And when you have one pick and you need to hit, there's, there's a versatile kid that can play both sides on either side of the center. Uh, he's playing against top competition. He definitely will be playing at all international competitions just due to the sheer numbers of Slovakian players. Really interests me. Would really like, this is a pick that if the Flames took him, I would be absolutely stoked. I like this kid a lot. So And well, and again, like the Flames... The Flames have a couple of pretty good Slovak players in the system. Again, Adam Rizicka, probably a regular NHL or in the foreseeable future, yeah, came up through Slovak sure. hockey. Uh, he, you know, he he made the decision to you know get imported to uh, to the OHL. Uh, you know, Sakura did not. Uh, but you know, even Martin, someone like Martin Pospisil, where Pospisil did the same kind of thing, and they came over to play in the USHL. I, I think at the time, he wasn't sure if he was going to go to college, if, what he was going to do. He ended up going pro. A lot of injuries with him too. A lot of he just had some bad luck. Yeah, but I mean, he just if, you like, if you look luck. at the, you know, it's uh, you know, if if Adam Rizicka was at, or if uh, Martin Pospisil was a house, you'd say he's a fixer upper because his bones are good. I mean, yeah. big, mean, burly. Good numbers. Like hell, it, 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 during the lockout uh, or during this during the the COVID stoppage, uh, you know, Hospital went back and you know he caught COVID, but when he didn't have COVID, he played in the Tip Sport Liga and played pretty well. So I mean, you can't really you can't really uh, knock it as a league or as a player. And you know, I'll say this: Rizicka, Rizicka, uh, and Hospital before the NHL uh, had to pull out the Olympics, they were going to play in the Olympics. Like they were probably going to play in the Olympics or have a good chance of playing in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And hundred percent. And they, they, they're consistently there. And this, this is a guy, Adam Sakura is a guy that projects to be on those teams his entire life. 
Yeah. He does. He does. He projects at this rating at this skill level, you project to be there till you're 35, 36, however long you want to play. Even if you make the NHL it's, or not, you can it's easy. play in Slovak It's, it's, it's less because the pool of exceptional Slovak players is much smaller. It's smaller. Yeah. You, you have a better chance, you have an easier chance to make, which mm-hmm. it mean like, will you win a medal? Probably not. But I mean, like, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'll say this. It feels like Slovak hockey is or German and Swiss hockey were like 10 years ago. And it mm-hmm. feels like, especially German hockey. And it feels like now Germany is getting the respect they deserve on the international uh, stage much more than they used to. Slovakia is may not be there yet, but they're, they're in the conversation. And I think that's pretty exciting. It's been a while since we've had some like a, like this uh, this amount of high profile Slovakian ch- kids in the draft. So I'm excited. It's a huge like just no matter what happens, we can say definitively right now. It's a huge. This draft is a huge win for Slovakian hockey, and an event like this that'll be publicly broadcasted, especially on ESPN, it's huge and it can help grow the game for future kids. So finding success, finding players, what- highly skilled players. <laughs> It just it just goes a long way in terms of all players. all we know is uh, there's gonna be like a whole country wearing your uh, Slavkovsky jerseys whatever team he ends up with and that's yeah, that's oh, fun yeah. like you know the idea is like he's gonna go he's he's already almost a national hero he was spectacular in the Olympics he's gonna be someone who makes Six a lot of noise or two hundred some pounds and he already knows how to use his size and people are. And people are debating okay. on whether he should go first or not. I, I'm a Logan Cooley guy. To be we've honest. gotten into the feel good international hockey story, but now we have to deal with the elephant in the room, uh, the Russians. So uh, let's just do these in a bunch. So there's two players on our consensus list at 58 and 59, respectively, who are from the Russian Federation. Uh, one is uh, Vladimir Grudnin. Uh, Vladimir Grudnin is a Left shot defenseman played uh, in the Seska Moscow organization at the three different levels, the V, the M, and the K. Didn't play a lot. He sort of just bounced around a lot. He sort of had a very, I would say, a Swedish style year because he sort of played some U20. He played. He basically played a bunch of hockey in a bunch of different places, and he didn't really play a hell of a lot for a long time in any one particular spot. Uh, so he's uh, 5'10", 159. He's... Uh, He's a wee guy. I think the, the 159 makes me think that maybe he needs to go to the gym or the buffet, probably the probably a bit of both. But, you know, everybody fills out at different levels. The pandemic has filled a lot of us out. Uh, but, yeah, I think Grudnin, because they're pretty good. Uh, the other gentleman is uh, left winger Alexander Paravalov, uh, who played in the Yo- Loco Yaroslav organization. He bounced around a lot less than, uh, than, than Grudnin did. Uh, if, if anyone is curious, uh, Paravalov uh, came up to the same organization as uh, Ilya Nikolaev, who, you know, signed an entry-level deal with the Flames after coming over. Uh, for Nikolaev, he basically, in his post-draft years, bounced around a bunch, didn't really play a hell of a lot anywhere, was sort of projected as a two-way guy, didn't have a home. The Flames said, why don't you go play in the USHL? And Tri-City said, we'll take you. And Tri-City played the hell out of him. He played really well. So, I mean, you know, but just so you're aware, that's roughly where he, he comes from. Uh, Paravalov is a little bit beefier, a little more filled out. Uh, he's six foot and 192. And he's already played games in the KHL, which is which is yeah. pretty big at his age. Both, both, just, of these, both of these guys have played a little bit of time in the K, which isn't unusual. Yeah. Typically, uh, the prospects uh, don't play a hell of a lot of games. I'm really curious. So I like him. The, the NHL and the NHLPA 
have not told anyone not to take Russians. So the Russians are officially, much like anyone else in the age eligibility, they're the Flames and the other three, 31 teams are equally able to take Russian players. Are they equally likely? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some organizations uh, have, uh, you know, through back channels, let me know that maybe they're not, not quite as jazzed about taking Russians. Uh, some of them haven't really said much of anything. Some of them said, yeah, sure, we don't, you're just going to take hockey players. We don't really care. Uh, your mileage may vary. I don't know which category the Flames fall into. Uh, and if, you know, if I knew, I'd say, but I don't know. Uh, but, you know, typically, if you look at, if you look at, I, I would say this about the Russia of it all, I would put this in the same category as the AJ, in that if the Flames are nervous about taking Russian players, and I can't say they aren't because I don't know, if they are, it's a, probably about the lack of success they've had drafting from that region and the importance of hitting on your one pick in the top 150 than it is about geopolitics. Uh, visas for Russian players have been and will continue to be very challenging to get for the foreseeable future. We don't know when that will be better. So let's just say the Flames decide to draft a Russian player. It seems extremely unlikely, at least for the next year or so, that they'd be able to come over for development camps or even be able to come over rather easily on, on tourist visas to do much of anything for development. That is not necessarily a reason to take or not take a player uh you you tend you know you're drafting players for the 5 10 15 year mark rather than just the oh it's going to be inconvenient for their development in the next two years mm-hmm. but again if it's you there. need to hit if you it's it's i don't think these would be reasons not to take players but you you know the list is the list but the list is sort of gets murky for other reasons so I think both these guys, Grudin, uh, I think Grudnin and Paraval, especially Grudnin, you know, I think with him, the only thing I'm nervous about is he ain't beefy. I mean, buck 59. He's, he's a little skinny. Yeah, he's a little skinny, but you can fix that. You can fix that. Honestly, that's, that's if, you, if, uh, if a skinny Russian kid plays D, he's probably a good skater. Uh, well, yeah, and then as he beefs up with size and learns how to use it, he could be effective. I really like Paravalov, uh, in terms of his skill. He put up tons of points this year. Tons of goals and goals in a pretty good junior league. In a pretty good junior, we underestimate the fact that getting goal, like like the getting goals, is a hard thing to do at any level when you're comparatively same level as your peers. So being able to put in twenty five and forty two, damn good. Um, He's got a bit of grit to him. He takes a bunch of pims. uh, Paravalov was on four of the eight lists. He peaked at thirty nine. The four lists. Yeah, not a lot of skill. His comparables uh, in terms of progression: uh, Alish Hemsky, Martin Saint Louis, and James Van Riemsdyk. So, like, like, like his comparables all are NHL quality players, and I like that. Uh, that's just statistically uh, his actual ability to put the puck in the net, play with a little bit of grit and and whatnot. I like that bit of a competitive drive there. If they do take him, he he falls in. Paravalov is one of the guys that I put in the same category as Sakura for myself would like it. If it happened, if they go another direct, like th- there's a few, right. It's at yeah. 55. You're not getting a home run hit no matter what. You're 59. 15. I, I don't know why I have 50. 155 is the other one. That's probably why. That's probably why. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I, I like, but now, you know, when, when you're drafting in, when you're drafting in the second round, there's, you know, especially this year, there's all kinds of like, you know, half the guys that we're talking about, aren't listed as the top 
two rounds at the end of, of half a list. So that, that's that's the challenge here. Uh, let's, let's jump back to North America for number the 60th player on the list. Uh, and this is this is a guy that I could easily see this thing is picking. He feels kind of flamesy from the Ken, Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL centerman Paul Ludwinski. He's 5'11", 183, played in Kingston, played a couple years in the in the O. He's pretty good. He's you know I, I think he's is he you know I don't know if he's gonna be getting on a jump by list, but he feels he feels like if you wanna if you wanna say he's a safe pick or he's sort of you know not exactly a, a, the most exciting player in the list. I don't know if he has the the upside, like the upside that will get a lot of people excited, but he doesn't have a lot of downside either. He's he's rock solid. The kicker, the kicker here is what happens earlier. If there's a run on D, then there'll more likely be higher skilled forwards at this point. If there's a run on forwards, there's more likely to be higher skilled defensemen at this point. What I would like to see them take is a defenseman, like we said. Um, unfortunately, their top best defenseman had, had massive leg injuries. Their best defensive prospect had massive leg injuries before he could develop properly, and it stalled him out a lot, stalled him out quite extensively. That's Mr. Valimaki. Um, and like I said, other than Connor Mackey, currently what's left in Stockton was pretty bare. So Kuznetsov and Poye are graduating, but that's just that's not enough pawns in the table out getting better. You can't turn a pawn into a queen if you only have two of them and you're trying to do it. Like uh, I'm getting way too chessy here, but I like Ludwinski. He's okay. Uh, he, Ludwinski he's feels okay. like somebody that he feels like somebody that, you know, uh, looking at the rankings, you know, uh, a couple of the rankings took him and having them in the forties, a couple of them, one more has them in the early fifties. He feels, it feels like the kind of draft where we might see runs on types of players. Uh, remember the 2014 draft, uh, the Mason McDonald draft, where there was a run on goalies in the second round. Uh, there's been plenty of years, you know, there's been years, uh, the year that the flames took Daniil Chechelev, uh, 2020, there was a run on goalies in the fifth round. There's, you know, for, for, or for fourth round, there's some reason like five, six goalies got taken in the fourth round. The flames started off with Chechelev. So weird stuff happens in the draft, but the tendency is, you know, especially in the later rounds, you know, you're at a different, you're at your table, somebody, you know, you're looking at your list, somebody takes a defenseman you like, you go, oh crap, we better take a defenseman. And then nine teams take defenseman. So it feels like that could happen with forwards this year. And it feels like, it feels like Lewinsky can go early. Just casually destroy all our listeners' hearts by bringing up Mason McDonald when Thatcher Demko went to pick. Mason the case. Thanks, Pike. Anyways. Next up, we actually wrote an uh, article about this guy. I think it's on the website. I wrote it. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, Pike uh, wrote it. So again, I let you talk about him again, because, uh, again. I, I like this guy as well. So, and so and he's he's uh, I like him because he's he does it. He does some interesting things. So Thomas Hamara, Thomas Hamara, he is ranked 61st on our consensus list. He's a left shot defenseman. Uh, he played with Tapara in the uh, the Finnish Liga, and he also played in the SM Sar. Sarja, Sarha, Sarja. I don't know if in Finnish yeah. if I if the J's or H's or not because languages are strange to me. Uh, but so he's he's a, uh, a left shot defenseman, six foot one eighty five. Here's the kicker: he's Czech, so he's a Czech guy who just he played the hell out of the Czech uh, junior leagues and then decided he was going to try to play in Finland. And he's playing in Finland and playing. Actually, yeah, he's playing in Finland. He's playing very pretty well, pretty damn well. And yeah, he's, you know, I, I admire guys who take a risk on themselves and take a chance. And he was, 
he played regular minutes and, you know, sort of, he bounced around a bit. He played, uh, he alone for a little bit out in, uh, in the secondary, the, the Mestis league in uh, Finland. So he, he played a bit with Tapara in the Liga, who were the best Liga team in the Liga. Uh, he played in the Liga for a little bit. He didn't play a lot. He didn't play a ton when he did play, but he played in a good league on a good team. Uh, when he wasn't there, he was tearing up the Finnish junior league. And then he played a bit of pro uh, in Mestis. I think he only played a couple of games, but he had a couple, couple goals. He's, you know, he's, he's always been one of the younger guys in the league he's been playing in. And he's always been one of the better guys relative to his age group in the league he's been playing in. And if you're the Flames and you're looking for potential, I think this guy could be a lot of potential as a defenseman. He has shown signs that he is a worker. You don't leave your home country and your place when he leaves if you don't plan to work your butt off to try and get what you want. And that, that is a huge positive sign that you it's, do not see in a lot of North America. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's give Curtis where it's due. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I made a joke about Simon Forsmark in this respect. Simon Forsmark had the benefit of there's a really, like there's the second, third best league in the world is, you know, just up the road from where Simon yeah. Forsmark grew up. Uh, but, you know, Thomas Amara didn't have that, you know, in no. his wheelhouse. And so he went out and he went out and got it. He went out and got for it. It's the same, the same reason why I, every time I see, you know, uh, like here's a, you know, uh, who the hell the flames, uh, the goalie, Arseny Sergaev. Who, you're the goalie uh, guy. You should know you're the goalie guy. Arseny Sergaev, uh, came over to North America when he was pretty young, like 16, 15, 16. Yeah, and, so, yeah. you know, he came over from Russia, didn't speak a word of anything and learn how to play, you know, he played his prep school leagues and like that. Uh, Emilio Peterson is another example where Emilio Peterson topped out where he could get in Norway and yeah. said, screw it. I'm going to go play prep school and came over, you know, granted in Norway, you probably learned a decent amount of English in Western Europe. They tend to, but come over and, you know, he played in prep school leagues, played in the USHL, played in the NCAA, and now he's doing pretty well in the, in the AHL. So the, the guys who have the, the gumption to say, I'm going to go somewhere else in a completely different country. I might not speak the language or know what the hell is going on, but I know how to play it. I, I think my play is going to speak for me. And I'm going to work my butt off to try and get what I want and make my dream come true. He's a week away. He's definitely going to be drafted. Uh, his work's not done, but I like based on, by all means, please go read the article Pike wrote about him on flamesnation.ca. It's fantastic. But he just gives me nothing but worker vibes. And I love that about a player. When a player knows what kind of work they've got to consistently put in at 18, they're going to be really, if you can give them the help they need, they can be really, really not only good, but effective locker room pros by the time they're in their early 20s. So I love it. I love it. Absolutely would not uh, hesitate to do that. Um, another, let's go another OHL center. Uh, Matthew Poitras. Matthew Poitras is a left shot center played for the Guelph Storm of the OHL. 5'11", 176. Uh, yeah, again, you know, another loss, would, is, loss is D minus one again. Um, yeah, I would I would call him a slightly less good Paul Ludwinski, but he's, he's not like there's that's just that's just me being mean. Uh, uh, mean. Being a slightly less good Paul Ludwinski still means you're pretty good. Yeah, uh, he's definitely he's definitely uh, gonna get taken. Uh, I, I I just don't like that's not the player I I I just based on my viewings I've just 
There's other guys that I like, and there's a handful enough that should, so one of them should be there. And if they're not, that means someone above these guys we're talking to has fell down the, to the point that I'm just like, good, uh, not the guy I'd take with my 50, 59th pick. Let's go, let's go back to the dub. 63 on the list. Uh, we have a bio of him on flamesation.ca. Fraser Minton from the Western Hockey League's Kamloops Blazers, the 2023 Memorial Cup hosts. Uh, 6'1", 185, left shot, left wing. He's good. I mean, again, only knock at him. Wish he was a center. I'd be more enthusiastic if he was a center. But I mean, he's he's been good in the dub. He's been a reliable contributor, a good secondary player. He's going to get a bigger role next year with some guys graduating. He's going to play a shit ton of hockey next year with the Memorial Cup. And he's going to play like with skilled line mates, too. He's going to play with skilled line mates, and he's going to be in some competition for, for some minutes. I mean, I'd say the, the nice thing – for the development of Kuznetsov and Poirier this year, I'd say arguably more than Kuznetsov and Poirier because Poirier was already a top guy in the Quebec League, easily the top one of the top defensemen in his team. Uh, but you know, Kuznetsov had to come in and work for his ice time, and there's going to be there's some competition in, in Saint John for ice time, especially amongst defensemen. I think you're going to see the same thing at Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe has already started making moves to, to load up, and they're continuing to make moves. So if you're Fraser Minton or if you're you know Matt Lindgren earlier on. You're going to have to, to work to get your spot. And I, I think so far, Fraser Minton's done a really nice job of quitting himself in that league. I, I like him. I'm a big fan. Uh, comparables uh, to his statistical progression are Pavel Buchnevich, uh, number one. Number three is Stanley Cup champion and very key contributor to it, JT Comfer. Number two is some guy that plays for Calgary that wears number 13. I, I don't know him. Um, but uh, good comparables in terms of production and league and, and, and comparing across the board. Uh, he's a smart player. Like you said, he was stuck behind some pretty very skilled forwards for Kamloops. Like, like there was a guys wingers ahead of him that super skilled, super high end. They won't be there next year. Uh, one of them, I don't think specifically won't be there next year. Uh, but yeah, I, I, a good pick. Uh, doesn't quite fall. I, I, I put him in my Sakura Paravalov uh, forward rankings. I like him there. I like them like that. Uh, solid league. You've definitely got lots of viewings of them. You've had good success going from the dub before with Connor Zari uh, recently. I could see them doing it. I could see them doing it. I, 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 I do think they somehow take a D before they take a forward at that pick just because of uh, availability. But uh, I wouldn't, again, this is another one that I go nice. I like it. Cool. And uh, we got four to left to go. So we'll just do them. Do the, we'll do the, we'll do the three fours really quickly. Uh, and then we'll get into the defenseman. Actually, screw it. Let's do the defenseman first. We're we're, we're going to flip it around a bit. Yeah. Uh, the last the last of the four European non-Russian defensemen that I like, Casper uh, Kulanumi, uh, a, a Swede from. Uh, you know, he plays at the Okrit. He's moving to Tapara next year. Uh, mm-hmm. A pretty pretty low key sneaky signing by Tapara. Uh, he played uh, pretty much the entire year in the U twenty. Uh, for Jokerit, uh, right shot defenseman, six foot, one seventy four, really like a junior player. Jokerit, uh, you know, he didn't really get a chance to play the pro level at all. I think he played a little bit on loan. Um, I forget if he did or not. I don't think he did, but 
yeah, no, actually, Finnish. He's Finnish, not Swedish. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, Jokerit in Finland. He's going to, to Tapara. So he played, you know, I believe he played on loan in the Mestis for a little bit, but didn't play a ton. Really good junior player. I believe he was, uh, he uh, won, uh, I think he won the award for the top uh, J20 or under 20 defenseman in his league. Uh, real good defenseman, right shot. He's got some size. He's got some grip to him. And he's going, you know, you mentioned, you know, some guys just sort of stay in the same organization forever. He came up through Yokrit. Uh, he's from Helsinki. He came up through Yokrit. Uh, kind of just stuck around there. Uh, but, you know, he wanted to play uh, more and, and in a bigger role. And he he made the jump over to Tapara. Uh, and he'll start his, his, he has a two-year deal with Tapara, I believe, starting next season. And so hopefully for his sake, he gets a chance to play for pro. But we mentioned this earlier, Tapara, really, really good, uh, you know, Liga team. And he'll get a chance to uh, play his prey there. So you gotta, you know, he's he's got some hunger in him because if you're not hungry, you don't go somewhere else to try to eat. So yeah, uh, he's got a he's got a, he, he's young he's younger yet too. He can, his time that he can go and still play another year of lower level finish hockey. I don't like by two years from now he'll be playing like by the second year of that deal he'll definitely be playing for Tapara. He, he, he progresses that well he's going to have uh an option at his skill level in his age group to play for the world juniors um good all-around development I, I i don't mind him um i'm not as high on him as i am possibly getting Lindgren or salamonson but uh I, nothing when you're at 55 you can't be too picky you gotta take you gotta you gotta pick the tools you're looking for and take them and a right shot defenseman can't really sniff your nose at that so exactly uh and the three forwards rapid fire uh you know no disrespect to these guys are just not as high as the other guys in list nor are they defensemen uh and we like defensemen a little bit better this year Mm -hmm. uh seattle's left winger jordan gustafson uh u.s national development program right winger devlin kaplan who is 6'3 198 and feels kind of flamesy based on that and uh fro lunda center ludwig person uh, played a bit in the SHL, played a bit in J20, six foot one seventy nine. Uh, I think uh, I think Gustafson might be boosted up the list a little bit because of how long uh, Seattle played. Gustafson, Reed Schaefer, uh, who's uh, who's ranked on the consensus list, a fair ways ahead. I think Reed Schaefer. Let me just stall. Reed Schaefer just missed the cut. Uh, Reed Schaefer is forty fifth on the list. Five, yeah, uh, yeah. Reed Schaefer was. Really good uh, in Seattle's run to the to the WHL finals, and they, they lost to Edmonton. Uh, Jordan Gustafson, I think, was another guy whose whose profile was boosted up a bit. Uh, I think based on the statistical profile Gustafson had, maybe he should he's a maybe a bit of a reach here, but he's good. I mean, you know, he's if if you get him in the third round, slam dunk. You get him in the second round, maybe wonder who else was around. But again, that's a nitpick. He's I I saw a bunch of him. He's good. You know, he did. You know, we're at the point now where you know the guys you've seen don't look at a place, and uh, you know that's the nice thing, right? Uh, a couple guys. I want you uh, to look at the consensus rankings. Um, take a couple guys above the section we picked that you would wish would fall. Just just one or two guys you wish would fall. Okay. Those, I, 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 don't I, go super high. I got just, uh, one that I I just wrote about. So uh, Julian Lutz uh, from Germany, he played, uh, he played in Southern Germany, he grew up in Southern Germany, went to Austria to play in Salzburg at the Red Bull Hockey Academy, uh, played for the uh, Red Bull München in, uh, in Munich this year, uh, played, played a regular shift. He, uh, he suffered a stress fracture in one of, in some, uh, one of the bones in his back. So he missed like a good part of the year, didn't start playing 
his regular regular shift until uh you know he uh is it february so right around his 18th birthday but i mean a kid who you know he wants it he you know left town left home he played at the red bull hockey academy since he was like 12 or 13 uh it's a really competitive environment it's sink or swim and you know you can make a case that the the, the red bull hockey academy is one of the things that's really driving development of hockey in austria and germany especially germany i think it's, oh, yeah. it's been really big and so yeah like you know it, I, th- I think lutz could fall because concerns like he didn't play a ton uh on the rank he's you know he's on the rankings he was as he's high as 33 and 36 yeah like he the only on you know if you're if you're if we're taking the, the rankings as gospel there's only one of this of the of the eight rankings we looked at where he isn't taken before the flames pick at 59 uh there's including one where he goes at 58 so you can just hear the flames sort of sign at their table but yeah i i'd say julian lutz uh physically mature good head in his shoulders by all accounts worked his tail off to get back from a, a pretty nasty injury um yeah he'd be he'd be the guy for me how about you absolute home run if you can get him there's in my head there's zero chance he'll be available but it's the same factor as we mentioned before in terms of russians but if gleb Chukazov I'm probably saying this, yeah, Chikazov. Chikazov, yeah. If he falls, that's the guy you take. That is a first-round talent. That guy sure. is... He's he's a first-round talent. So on our list, yeah. we talk about variation, friends. So there's a few guys that, ver- that have some heavy variation in this list. He's uh, so he is 8th, 21st, 25th, 46th, 51st, 57th, and on two lists, he's not even ranked. I that, is some, that is variation with a capital V. Uh, your boy Lane Hudson has a similar bit of variation. Yeah, uh, we talked we talk about Chris Peters about Lane Hudson. He's a small boy, but he's damn good. Consensus rank is 31. Uh, he is gone. He's on all eight lists. He's gone before 59 on all eight lists. As high as 19, as late as 58. I can just hear Shane on the draft weekend cursing if he's gone at 58. because If he goes at 58... I'll be very upset. I don't think the Flames would take him because of his size, just 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 because. But I I think whoever gets him is getting a steal. Uh, I like Philip Bystead as well. But Gleb Trakazov, if he falls, I would be if I were a scout, I would be nonstop in Brad's ear, being like, "Take him now, take him now, take him now." That that's just me. Super high end skill, center right wing, right shot, late birthday, another full year to develop. There's a lot to like there. You have one pick in the first. 154 you really need to make it count that's someone that would make it count if he happens to fall i wouldn't hesitate that's just and and one name that is below our little window that i think wouldn't be that much of a reach dylan james another u.s national development kid Mm -hmm. uh he good i mean what do you you know i'm not going to really nitpick dylan james too much because i don't know i don't want to uh (laughs) i mean He's uh, he's on most like if you look at the list we looked at, uh, he's on five of eight, and all the ones that he's on, he's between fifty four and sixty four. So he's you know he's sort of in the flames range. On the three he wasn't on, I think he just missed the cut on a couple of them. Uh, actually, my bad, not U.S. National Love Program, Sioux City Musketeers. My bad, sorry Sioux City. But yeah, he's uh, you know you, uh, you know he's a Calgary kid from Calgary, early you know he's a, a late birthday October birthday left wing big six foot 181 uh you know he's uh he just went he went down to try to make uh make some of himself 
Uh, I, I forget if he's committed to a school or not. I can't remember. Wait, it doesn't – with the Flames, you're currently no, he's, he's going to UND. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, and again uh, – I wouldn't another, mind a college prospect. Another Ogotoks Oilers kid, uh, you know, play in the AJ, play for the Buffaloes, play for the Bisons, you know, play this year in Sioux City. He was a, just shy of a point a game, 28 goals in a good league. Uh, you know, point per game in the USHL ain't nothing. Uh, he's going to a really good college program at UND. Uh, so, I mean – you could do worse. Uh, he he seems he's the guy I'd have on the outside looking in, going, hmm. If they think if they if they want to be be kind of clever here, maybe him. And again, like one year in the USHL, and you know he had some years in the AJ. Maybe there's some some, some concerns among scouts about his progression. But I mean, one year in the USHL, he was really good in the one year in the USHL. So I wouldn't really be that concerned about it. But so that's uh, so for those for those of you who want to just sort of get a a crash course and inject the draft in your veins, here is basically 80 minutes of us just sort of, you know, force feeding you hey, sweet, sweet draft content. Let me say my late guy too, Pike. Come on. Okay. Now. Who's your, who's your reacher? My reacher is another Russian. I am heavy on Russians this year. I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's not what a lot of people would be say, but I love Artyom Duda. Artyom Duda, uh, defenseman, Russian, super skilled, super high end. Like I said, I'm looking my idea is if you got one pick that high, you really need to knock out of the park. I think the Flames need D. Uh, I highly doubt uh, Gleb's still there. So Artyom Duda, if they took him, I would. He's another one that he falls into the same category to me as Sakora, Paravalov, Minton, like those guys that I really like. He's right in there. I like him. I've watched a lot of Russian video this week. Uh, I almost think I could speak Russian. Uh, definitely can't. Uh, but I really like him. Really good prospect. He's my late guy if they reached or if they happen to trade down to grade a couple guys. Him, uh, he's the guy I like. That's all. Yeah, and so I, I we, we went a while, but we had a lot to talk about. So, again, yay, St. John with the Memorial Cup. And here's a crap ton of names for you guys to Google when we're done. Uh, we'll uh, – I think people we'll like pro- it. I, I think we'll we'll post this the list uh, – on flamesnation.ca of the, of the main guys we, t- we mentioned. And uh, we'll, we'll be nice and put some elite prospects links there. Uh, you know, the, if, if you're a draft fan, there's a bunch of great places to get content. Uh, I'll just, I'll stump for the guys that are the groups I like. Uh, obviously, Chris Peters at Daily Faceoff goes without saying. Uh, our friends uh, at FC Hockey, we had the good fortune of knowing a lot of the people who run FC hockey and a lot of the scouts. They're very good people. They're basically the 33rd NHL team. They scout the shit out of everything. They're very knowledgeable. Uh, if you have money to spend and you want to spend it on a quality product, uh, the two draft books I usually spend my own money on are the FC hockey book, which is always good. And I really like the hockeyprospects.com draft book, the black book. Uh, the thing I like about the, the hockeyprospects.com list the hockeyprospects.com black book is they have uh, game logs too. And they have a lot of, in their PDF, they have a lot, like they, they have an alphabetical list of everybody, not just the ranked players. So if you're looking for, if you're looking for details on some guys that, you know, the example, uh, you know, the flames, when they drafted uh, Daniel Chechilev, Chechilev is not a ranked player. So that's a limitation, but you know, I also, I'll also say that uh, if you have, uh, if you get a, a membership at FC Hockey's website, they also have uh, the scouting reports for individual games. So for, for for just getting ideas of snapshots of how they are individual games, I'd say FC Hockey and you know, HockeyProspect.com are very good value. 
I do not get anything for, for stumping for these guys. They're just, this is how I spend my money. And I think it's good value. So uh, Byron, Byron's been taking my money for three years. So uh, Byron, that, that's hockey prospecting. Oh, hockey yeah. prospecting is our, our friend and flame station alumnus, Byron Bader, yeah. uh, who does the NHL ETH uh, stuff. Again, okay. that's uh, you know, he's, he's really good. He looks at the, the hockey, basically the statistical profiles of players who've had success in the draft and how they progress and how they develop. So if you're sort of analytically inclined, that's really good value. So um, I always say, read everything, read as much as you can, read as much as you can afford to, because there's a lot of people who do a lot of hard work and a lot of good content. And it's been especially challenging for the scouting community the last year and a half, two years. And thankfully we seem to be on the, on the other side of it, fingers crossed, which means that, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be past the most challenging couple drafts to project, but yeah, it's, it's the, the draft is about the future. The draft is about fun. It's a day where everyone's Dreams come true, man. Yeah. The, Dreams for, come true. Regardless of, you know, how many play, how many, you know, where you're picked or how many picks your team has to, uh, 225 young men will get drafted. Uh, the, their dream will come true. They'll become, you know, just like their hockey heroes. And, you know, obviously the journey still continues with them. I mean, mm-hmm. did Johnny Gaudreau become Johnny Gaudreau the day he got drafted in 2011? No, he still had to do some other stuff, but it's a step. And, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's just a fun event. I'm, I'm, I'm not able to be in Montreal for the, for the draft this year, unfortunately, it, it, but it's, it's such a cool event. It doesn't matter if you go first. It doesn't matter if you go seventh. How much right now, if you could go back, would you take Andre Palat or Nail Yakupov? Look at their draft positions. One went 217th or 19th, one went first. And right now I know exactly which one I would take. All, all so, I know is when you're green, skates, when they don't, they don't put the, they don't put what number you were drafted in the back of your sweater. They don't put it on the Stanley cup either. They don't put a lot of stuff in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, we went long this week, but I think uh, hopefully, hopefully it's Good. a fun listen for everybody. We, we had fun talking about young prospects. Many of, probably the majority of which will never play for the Calgary Flames, or some on. of them might not even play in the league. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's all crystal balls and hope at this point. So yeah, that'll do it for the pre-draft edition of Flames Nation Radio. Uh, I'm Ryan. Shane, we're brought to you by DoorDash, who are the first round picks in bringing you tasty food for a nominal fee. And uh, the, the off season, sweet, sweet drinks. And so when you have sweeter drinks, Eau Claire, Eau Claire Distilleries, uh, Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames, the official whiskey of the off season. And so we'll be back in a week. Uh, I'm, we're, 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 we're going to shift the, the, the schedule around next week because of when things are. So yeah. we, I think we will, we'll, we'll definitely do an episode next week. It might be a different day next week because of the draft being midweek. We don't want to have, you know, we obviously can't record a Wednesday thing or Thursday, but we'll, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. to So we'll tee up uh, first uh, the, the, the event that is the draft. We talked about the young men getting potentially drafted. We'll talk about the event and tee up how things look at the Calgary flames. And then the week after we'll tee up free agency. Because there's one thing we want to talk about. It's the boy auction and then the man auction, which are the entry draft and free agency. This is how I explain what the different events are to my partner, who is not a, not a big sports fan. There's the boy auction, the entry draft, and then the man auction, free agency. I love that he's, Pike says boy auction all the time. And I always forget he's about to, and it kills me every time. So. <laughs>
That's what it is. It's the playoffs. I, you're not wrong. That's why I laugh. I'm and and, the and uh, <laughs> as a closure, folks, as a closure, folks, when you're watching and listening to the draft coverage from wherever you are, whatever media you choose to consume, just think about this. Close your eyes and try to figure out if they're talking about hockey players of 17 or 18 years of age or horses because it's stampede time and the you the words we use to describe both things are kind of similar and it kind of freaks me out sometimes big tall strong gets in the way knows good how boots to he's got good boots he knows how to pack up and work you know nice strong coat all right i think i think we've run our course mike <laughs> that'll do it we'll we'll talk to you guys next week have a great week and happy drafting a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 